What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you are tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving this show some of your attention. If you are a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is Brandon Bergato, and he is on a mission to make small talk more vulnerable and valuable to our everyday lives. While on a path of pursuing hockey at the highest level, Brandon's journey was unfortunately derailed by multiple traumatic head injuries. This caused him to completely change his life and alter the path he once thought he was destined to go down. Instead of wallowing in despair though, Brandon decided to take action and immerse himself into mental health practices that would completely change the outlook of his own life. And now he today, along with a few team members, are building a community revolving around talking about the hard things in life, a community in which is on a mission to help other people have the tools to handle all those hard things. I'm super excited for y'all to listen to this episode because I got to be a guinea pig in one of Brandon's small talk conversations during this. So let's start this small talk and give it up for Brandon Bergato. What's up, Thrive fam? CJ Finley here with the Thrive on Life podcast, tuning in on another Thrive Thursday. And I'm super stoked for today's podcast to get into some small talk with my buddy Brandon Bergato, who's checking in across the internet in one of my favorite places on earth, San Diego, California. How are you doing today, Brandon? Great. Unbelievable. Here. How are you? Man, it's really nice here today. And I'd love to be outside. But to be honest, yeah. you know you're in the right state of mind and you're doing the right thing when you're in this constant flow state of this is exactly where I want to be at this moment, at this time, even though when I look outside, it's super sunny and stuff like that. I know that I'm meant to be on this path when this is what I want to do at all hours yep. of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough about me. I have a few questions to kick off with, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you're up to a lot of cool things, and I want to kind of get it out into the world and help you push what you're doing. But before we get into that, we have a common connection, which is a love and a passion for hockey. And a lot of people don't know this, but hockey is my favorite sport. It was my favorite sport playing. I played soccer all the way up through collegiate athletics, um, but I actually liked hockey more. My parents just pulled me from it because it was too expensive to play. But first question Mm -hmm. I have for Brandon revolves around how he was playing hockey for most of his life, and that was his trajectory. And unfortunately, he had some things happen to him where he had to completely change the path of his life. And we also connect in this because something like that happened to me. And unfortunately, I had to change my trajectory. But fortunately, we ended up here today with Thrive on Life and everything that we're doing. And it's super Mm -hmm. cool because you're doing something similar, and I can't wait to talk about it. But what happened when you were playing hockey that forced the transition into this new world that you're kind of living right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was just too many concussions at the start. So initially where it was, was to set the setting before was I traveled around since I was 15. I was fortunate enough to live in different places like Connecticut, 
uh, Canada, Maryland, even Kansas for a little bit and Southern California. And it just took me everywhere. And eventually I made my way to Maryland in 2019 towards the end of the year. And I got too many concussions. It was like a freak accident. First game of the season, first period. I got blindsided in the right side of my head, fell on the ice, was knocked out cold for six seconds. And then from there, waited two more weeks to recover, played my second game of the season, got knocked out again. And it just sent me on a year-long spiral of trying to do anything I can out of self-preservation to fix this this brain that we have in here, because this is all we have. If you don't have your physical health, you don't have your mental health, you don't have anything. So it was kind of crazy, the whole situation, because I came home on a flight in the middle of January, all my bags packed, kind of sat in my room and looked in the mirror and was like, what are we now? Like, what, what do you have without these external labels all around you? And it, it kind of set me into a spiral of really searching. I think it's cool because life, there's times where it takes you rock bottom and it strips you of absolutely everything so that you are in your room, sitting down on the floor, looking in the mirror, asking, what am I without all these external labels? And so this kind of set me on this new path of honestly, I felt like my life was ended when hockey ended. And I'm in this new like place of life where I'm trying to figure out what I am without all this. And I was struggling with this because it, it started out as what could I put my fulfillment on in the external, like a label, like hockey or something else to fulfill me, and make me happy. And after struggling with that question for about a, a month, I couldn't figure out an answer. And I kind of hacked the answer of instead of looking on the outside of me to find my fulfillment, why don't I look inward and just be fulfilled? But not in like the normal cheesy way of like, let's actually carve out the little corners inside myself. Let's make my mindset a very happy place to live. Let's find the right language to find good conversation with anyone I meet or just find interest in everything that interests me at that time, not thinking too much future oriented and really just figure out how to enjoy life and build a happy home inside myself. So I'm really into mindfulness now and um, social media in this new space of finding human connection, you know, skipping the small talk and getting to what actually matters and what people are passionate about pretty much. So a little quick rundown. Heck yeah. And it seems like you took that in stride, like when you're looking back on it, but it definitely wasn't as easy as you make it sound. What was one of the hardest parts about run us through when you do have that moment of like, oh shit, like this is no longer going to be my life. Like what was Mm -hmm. going through your head? Because you put so much time, energy, and investment really into this one Mm -hmm. way of doing things. And in a flash of getting hit, it's now a new way of living. And that can be extremely overwhelming. Now you have the right type of mindset right now and a good head on your shoulders. But at that moment, like what was going through your mind Mm -hmm. during that transition? Absolutely. It was when I came home, initially my mindset was, oh my gosh, I have like essentially like plus five months to figure out what I want to do with my life until the school year starts and where we're going to go from there. And so I was living in a place of scarcity of this sucks. You know, I'm in my room, I'm stuck and I can't leave. And it took me a little bit. And it was actually a conversation with my parents and one of my best friends, Kate, that I'll hit on later that we started small talk with was your scenario of sitting in your room for five plus months isn't going to change. What will change that though, is if you change your perspective and say, I get to sit in my room for five plus months and no one can bother me and I get to do whatever I want within reason of that injury. As And then for me, I was like, how could I hack this situation to make it the best and most potential filled for me? And it was constantly reading books about, you know, mindful awareness, emotional intelligence, uh, and then financial, a little bit of like entrepreneurship. Uh, but I got really into the mindfulness stuff because this home that we live in in our mind, you know, everything on the outside comes and goes, but 
this guy, this internal roommate in here, your voice, your conscious, you're stuck with that guy forever. So I just got obsessed with how could I make this a better scenario to live in? And what I asked myself and step back was, if I wanted to create a great relationship with someone like you, CJ, how would I approach our conversation? I'd ask him questions that are very interesting. Like, why are you doing these things? You know, speak in a calm manner, not having judgment towards your thoughts, CJ, or my own thoughts, not having anger or irritation towards anything. So I think I just started changing the tone of voice I spoke with myself in and changed the perspective of how I see my relationship with that voice in here. And I just went hard into it. And it was a hard process long, but it's a beautiful process. And that's what's so cool about the brain. It's so malleable. Is this something that you had prior knowledge in like before, like I'm trying to piece together how you went so hard from, okay, I'm this elite hockey player to now Mm -hmm. obsessed with, with mindfulness. Was there a mentor that you had? Like what books were you picking up? What even got your interest in books in the first place? Were you reading and looking Uh into the stuff when you were playing sports or was it just like a hard transition? Like what was that initial spark? And the reason that I ask you this is because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, especially within the past year, their lives have completely changed. Like a lot of our Mm -hmm. lives look a lot different right now than they did in leading up to March of 2020. And Mm -hmm. someone right now might be on the cusp of, of changing and your yeah. spark might be their spark. So for you, mm-hmm. how are you able to just completely just pivot? Were there people, what was going on? Were you able to mm-hmm. do that? It was two things. It was books and people. So I was fortunate enough to be in a random scenario where I ran into an ex-pro hockey player that dealt with concussions in Maryland. And he gave me a book called Becoming Supernatural. And it's pretty much, you know, what placebo effects are. You yeah. believe it's so hard. Every cell in your body believes that that sugar pills, that medication, our intelligence creates that medication for itself on its own. There's methods by Dr. Joe Spenza and other people out there um, in the book called Becoming Supernatural. He wrote Dr. Joe Spenza, where it pretty much teaches you how to meditate, manifest self-inflicted placebo effects. And out of self-preservation, I got super obsessed with that. Got really deep into meditation, got pretty weird with crystals and everything. Um, and it really, it took my mindset into like, I hold the power to heal myself and just to calm that mind in there and not be so angsty and worried about everything. And then another book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by my best friend, Kate, she told me to read it. She gave it to me. And it's just a beautiful mindfulness book. There's a lot of a lot of spiritual teachings on it, how to quiet the mind and make it a happy home to live in inside your head. So those two things. But I mean, the biggest thing, absolute biggest thing was CJ. And it's a cool constant you meet throughout people that are just very welcoming is finding non-judgmental people to open up and talk about my scenario with because when I open up and was vulnerable about what I was struggling with with stress anxiety you know to attach myself to outside labels these people that had no judgment and all encouragement in our conversations they helped me pull that rope out of the quicksand I was in and so just a combination of those two things and and it's cool because you guys too at Thrive that all I've met you guys already embody all that and that's why I believe when it's like the relationships are found and met with you guys it's it's tremendous growth and I've been searching for those kind of relationships and that information like books and podcasts ever since. So many ways I could take this, <laughs> but I want to ask, first ask you, have you watched the the Netflix show Heal? I actually have not, yeah. but I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Yeah. If you're thinking of Joe Dispenza, go check that out. Um, it was really mm-hmm. cool because in that episode, it goes into cancer and specifically, Mm -hmm. I believe it was either colorectal or colon cancer. And that runs in my family and seeing how Mm -hmm. they took this one woman and what she did was they had her think that the chemo was piranhas 
eating the cancer cells. So she would just meditate mm-hmm. on the chemo. I like that. Eating the cancer cells. And she went into remission and she was like stage four. So she was going to die within a year. And then yeah. she lived. And she accredits to the fact that she just believed in her whole heart that she was going to heal herself. And it's interesting. Yeah. It got me thinking like, if you think about the human body, right? Like if I take a piece of paper and I make a paper cut on you, you're going to start mm-hmm. bleeding and you have a cut for a while, but then you start healing, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that so fascinating that we can heal from the outside in? What most yeah. people don't understand is that you can heal from the inside out as well, right? But you yeah. have to yes, believe yes. that you can heal from the inside out. So if you have problems with your organs, right? Your organs mm-hmm. are what? Broken down into just individual cells, which then are broken down into individual things in the cell. So mitochondria mm-hmm. and everything else that goes into it. So if you can tap into, if I can heal from the mitochondria to the cell, to the organ, I can heal my body, but you have to yep. believe in that mm-hmm. first. And again, I don't want to get too woo woo because uh, yeah. whether you lean <laughs> into that world or you don't leave it into that world is none of my concern. It's really just opening people's minds up to, there's some crazy things in this world. Like the average person doesn't even think about how cool it is that our skin can heal itself and they don't mm-hmm. relate that to anything else. Yeah, it's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. So I highly recommend looking into mm-hmm. that episode. I think you're going to love it, but yeah, I'll check it out. Like being open-minded about this, like thinking of being open-minded, you're getting consistent software updates in your head of like, you're, you're learning, you're never not learning. And I'm actually pretty curious with you of for your catalyst of, cause you're a very encouraging human being inspiring. You have a lot of energy. If there is a catalyst moment for you when you got into this headspace. Yeah, there's a few, but in turn, in, in, I want to be conscious of time here. Um, yeah. the catalyst really for me was realizing that I had to get off the train of believing that money was the ultimate motive. And mm-hmm. Here's where I was kind of going with that. When I went to school, like I went for engineering and the reason, the real reason I went for engineering, cause it was a solid job, mm-hmm. right? It would be a solid career path. But then as soon as like I graduated and realized that like life isn't about a career path, it's so much more. And when I thought back, I was old yeah. enough. I think really this is what it was. I was old enough to realize that all my fondest memories in my life Let's say like I started have questioning my life a lot at like 23, 24, everything prior mm-hmm. to that had nothing to do with material items. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. It was always a memory of that fun time with that friend or that fun time with my family member or that fun experience I had where I had a feeling. And then I was like, okay, well, what created those feelings? It never was money. Mm-hmm. Obviously money, like we need it to survive. It is the modality in which we survive. But as soon as I learned to detach money from my feelings and Mm -hmm. before money, it was grades or it was athletic achievement, right? Before I transitioned from carrot equals happy feeling, just like you, happy feeling equals happy feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I can just sit here and just be happy. I can sit here and Instead of wishing I was at the beach, I can be at the beach right now. What was that feeling that the beach gives me? How do I just give that to myself right now? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it had to do with just quieting 
my surroundings and my environment. Prior to that, like when you're growing up in your your hometown and then you're in college, like there's so much noise going on. So many people asking, hey, you want to go do this? Hey, you want to go do that? Hey, you want to be here? Hey, you want to be there? Yep. And mm-hmm. if you're a yes man, like I was, you're trying to be everywhere all at once. And that just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. it was a two-pronged thing where I was finally alone, where I had no noise and I could start thinking. And two, I was making money and realizing that it wasn't making me happy. And then I started thinking back, okay, well, what were the times that made me happy? Moral of the story, what ended up happening was because I started thinking like this, I eventually was like, well, there's this one girl that I always enjoyed being around and she's in Houston, Texas right now. Now that's Aaron and now my wife, but it was thinking about those people and those experiences rather Mm -hmm. than just this materialism that we are, we are bred into. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of like, that was the catalyst for me. And then even today, it's just like, whatever money I make in business, I'm obsessed with business. But if you look at our brand and what we're, what we're trying to do, it's trying to help people make money through their passions. Now I never have, you'll never see me post make 10 K a month or make a hundred K a year. Like that's not the goal. That's never the goal. The goal is how do you make a living doing what you love and then you'll figure everything else out. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I have gone about it. Absolutely. Well said too. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're here today. And fortunately I get to have Mm -hmm. amazing conversations with people like yourself and you've created something called small talk. And Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to kind of just give the audience a rundown of one, what small talk is and Mm -hmm. two, why does it exist today? Absolutely. Yeah. What small talk is so at the start of it, it's it's essentially my relationship with my friend Kate and our kind of conversations manifested into a social platform where we're, our goal is to normalize mindful and vulnerable conversations amongst friend groups by being transparent about our self-optimization journey on a platform public scale. And what I, what's so cool about it to me was these conversations that we had all about vulnerable stuff. So like a good example that we can give was when I quit hockey, she was talking to me in my room over the phone and we were very real with each other, pretty blunt, but no judgment. It's all love. And she was like, if you were so alpha in hockey with your mindset of, you know, I'll wake up at 5am and practice. Like, why can't you take this with your mindset now in life? And I was like, Whoa, like initially like old me would have been like ego and like, you know, like what, like, you know, kind of defend myself. But when I was trying to just figure out out of everything, like where I can be better, that was a cool question prompt that she gave me that only she could slap me in the face with because I had that relationship with her before where I'd be like, okay, actually, how can I be better? How can I step back and where can I work better in, in my mental so that I can get better output on the outside? And so these kind of conversations that are all around growth, we're like, we don't see many kids nowadays putting these kind of conversations publicly out on a platform. And so we want to create a space in the community and whatever it manifests to an app or a physical community in San Diego or Vancouver where she's based. We just want to get this message out here and normalize these kind of talks because it's a timeless human level issue. You know, have you heard the book uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius? Yes, I have. It's a it's a beautiful book. Yeah, and we can describe what the book is real quick for the viewers or the listeners. Is it's a journal from Marcus Aurelius, who's an ancient Roman emperor, and he would journal on all his thoughts, insecurities, everything, and he never knew it was going to be published. So that book is now published, and you see his public journal. But what it showed us was these human level issues are timeless. Of you know, I'm struggling with my mental state, my relationship with like myself, my thought processes. And we were like, how cool would that be if take this timeless level, human level issue and it's like a cheat code to relating with anybody and put ourselves out there publicly so that when you look at small talk page 
or you look at our socials, you feel like you know us on a very vulnerable human level. And you're like, wow, he's not wearing any masks, showing that he's a highlight reel only. He's talking about what he's struggling with, but ending it on a growth note. So it's just a public platform of displaying our conversations, putting up, you know, small snippets of podcasts. And then I think you asked at the end, the kind of why for it. The why for this was, honestly, if I had this platform where I saw me and Kate out there in public, having these struggles publicly, that would well, that would have really helped me in that space and time when I quit hockey. So I want to create this social media platform for other kids who are going through something that have someone to reach out to, to find a community. And it's all along growth. So I don't ever want to be, we want to stay away from like the kind of therapist space because we're, we're just kids figuring it out. We have no idea what we're doing. It's our first time at life. We just want to be publicly open and find a lot of growth and community and bonding over how can I make myself better? How can we end on a growth note, you know, tactics and systems to get to that good headspace that we want and so the why is i could have benefited from this uh community so much when i was quitting hockey i want to create this community for everyone else that can that is in that place that i was in back then what's up guys i'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with brandon i hope you're loving this conversation so far but before we get back into it i have an opportunity i want to tell you about as we all know life is hard It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Brandon Bergato. It's such a needed thing and, and such a cool mm-hmm. idea. So power to you guys for kind of putting it out into the world. Thank you. And Appreciate it, yeah. It's not something that's easy again because you, you do have to be vulnerable. But where my mind goes is why is this a need in the first place? Meaning why do you think in your eyes that small talk is mm-hmm. not happening in the world? And by small talk, mm-hmm. obviously what we mean is we don't mean the normal small talk mm-hmm. of like, how yeah. are you doing today, Brandon? It's like real mm-hmm. shit. Um, you guys are yes. doing a play on it with with the name and I love that. Uh-huh. And why do you think in today's world um, or even in the past that people just aren't having these conversations and aren't willing to have the vulnerable conversations? What do you think that stems from? I think fear. Personally, where it came from with me was fear of judgment of what other people are going to think, fear of putting yourself out there and it not being well received. When to me now it is the inverse as in if you hack that fear, if you can get past that self-perceived made up temporary embarrassment that's created in your own head and you constantly throw darts with everyone all around you of like, hey, I'm Brandon, I'm human. And like, like when people ask right now, I just started school. How are you doing in school? Like I'll honestly respond with the honest answer. Like I'm pretty stressed, but I found a planner and I'm writing it down and I'm, I'm slowly figuring out in, the, in my headspace of how to plan my day out. These kind of conversations, they're how to connect, the cheat codes, how to connect with people. And it's like, 
the analogy I think of is if you wear a mask all around a night out and everyone loves you for wearing your mask, when you come back home and you're tired and you take off that mask that everyone liked and were attracted that you were wearing out there, they're going to not actually like who you are because they were attracted to you when you're in that mask. And so when you shed all your, like the highlight reels, all the images you put on yourself and you openly, transparently talk about who you truly are and what you really want to get dig deep into, you find the people that actually like you genuinely for who you are. And you, you find places in yourself where you start stripping away the bad little things where you can update all the mental spaces in you. And so it's, it's just a cheat code for connection and, and growth within yourself. And I think fulfillment comes from growth. If you're not growing, then you're not fulfilled and they're kind of relate on each other. Yeah. It's like a compounding thing. The, the more that you're yeah. willing to be vulnerable the more that you mm-hmm. actually gain confidence in being vulnerable. Yes. And yes, absolutely. that's a, that's a big thing where it's just like, you have to break the fear of being vulnerable to gain the confidence. Mm-hmm. But the most, mm-hmm. the people that are most fearful have the least confidence and it's this like never ending loop unless you can uh-huh. break it. But I know that because we've had conversations in the past where it hasn't just been successful, like from when you mm-hmm. first started ideating. What yes, have been some yes. of the struggles with with getting this thing off the ground and what you wanted this thing to kind of be in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the biggest lessons I've learned recently, CJ, is you can't rush a nine-month baby by getting nine women pregnant, as in things take time. And on top of that, you have to enjoy that process and not just fluster through it and always think of the next step because once that process is over and that baby's born, you will never have the enjoyment of Thing, the whole process of raising like getting ready to that moment to launch or for that baby to come out you didn't enjoy it and so right now what it was at the start is when we were talking to you guys a lot of just the process of what it is and scheduling times and which work is going to which people and the best thing you taught me was or so we were trying to be a jack of all trades everyone is trying to do everything but what you taught me is you will not hire a person who's the best running back to be your quarterback or you won't hire the best centerman to be your wide receiver so one of the things we're struggling with is everyone was trying to do everything. And we kind of learned after a few months to step back and delegate. Okay, Kate, you are unbelievable at making ordinary moments look like miracles as in she's a videography photography. So we tailored her more towards you go out and take crazy pictures, have the most beautiful scenery that we can have backdrops for the content. And then me, I can work on the more like marketing, like, or the outside, like getting on zoom calls and stuff. Cause that was my strength. And then Emma and Allie and the, just, and all these different things that, everyone was with their strengths and we kind of learned player role pretty much player role so that everyone's creative within the team's framework that was one of the biggest struggles at the start and now with school started and it's launching it's it's honestly just time now time management and that's something i want to ask you about later on because i believe you have a lot of overhead and you do a lot of products and you make it look fun and and a great in the process and i think you've mastered the enjoying the process of it but time management for sure is one with school and scheduling and trying to figure out 15 minute increments of facetime calls but yeah, it's it's a beautiful mess, honestly, and I love it. I wouldn't want anything else. Yeah, I think your last statement right there is is really what everybody has to, to tell themselves is mm-hmm. when you look back on life, it is not clear like in the moment. But mm-hmm. when you look back, it's very clear. Like, oh, I did this yes. to get to here, to get to there. But we're mm-hmm. every day, it's just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, the <laughs> yeah. thing is like when you're a high achiever, that's, that's always going to be your life. The only way you're going to mm-hmm. know what you're doing is if you're complacent and it's the same day. Yes. It's like Groundhog's Day, the same day over and mm-hmm. over and over again. But when you're trying to do things that you've never done before, it's not going to be clear. So I guess 
for yeah. me in terms of like the time management and stuff, it's yeah. reducing expectations. Like I, okay. the moment I reduced the expectation of what Thrive was going to become or even what CJ was going to become, my life got mm -hmm. so much better. All I could focus on is what can CJ do today? Like that's it. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for me to manage 24 hours. It's very hard for me to manage 10 years. Like if you mm -hmm. told me, CJ, okay, what are yeah. you going to do every day for the next 10 years? I'm going to be like completely overwhelmed. But that's how most people, when they start their business or ideas, they go about it. They're very big picture heavy. They're like, I want to be traveling the world and I want to be helping these people in this other continent. I want to be kissing yeah. babies everywhere. Like mm -hmm. it's very hard to imagine that from a micro level rather if i was mm -hmm. like hey brandon what is three things that you can do today that are focusing on your strengths that you feel like you can do to help small talk get to the next level and you're gonna mm -hmm. like be like oh i could take one photo i could hop on this one zoom call and i could record this one podcast mm -hmm. okay cool now i'm like when you wake up tomorrow do yeah. the same thing and then do that for 10 to 20 years and then it becomes what it's meant to become like Amazon, Absolutely. this is the easiest example. Whether you like Amazon or not, I don't give a shit. But mm -hmm. he started that as an online bookstore. And now yeah. what most people don't understand is the biggest thing that Amazon has, they think it's the delivery and everything like that. It's Amazon Web Services. Our government mm -hmm. runs on Amazon Web Services. Dang. I That's know that. crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Like, you know how many big tech firms run on Amazon Web Services? <laughs> But he started as this little bookstore. So like yeah. if he had to plan out every day to get to web services, he would have went crazy and it never would have happened. But all Absolutely, he focused on yeah. was just showing up to work every day and then just mm -hmm. one step better, one step better. Again, whether you like it or not, it's not what I'm here to, <laughs> to mm -hmm. practice yeah. or preach. It's more about just teaching theory. And I mean, you guys have done an amazing job where not only did you go through that, I think this is what a lot of people struggle with is as soon as they face that first confrontation, you kind of bail. And it's so cool on yeah. my end to mm -hmm. see that you guys didn't bail on the idea. You had some friction, you had some conflict, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I want you to talk a little bit about that of how do people come out of that friction and, and, that, and that conflict better? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people in today's world, especially in the social media realm and the technology realm, it's okay, I see something I don't like, fuck you. Okay, I see something yeah. you're doing uh -huh. that I don't agree with, screw you, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna curse you out online because if I had to have a face-to-face mm -hmm. -face conversation with you, I wouldn't actually say any of these things. But how did you mm -hmm. guys handle, especially in the infancy of a new thing, how did you handle mm -hmm. kind of conflicting ideas and conflicting thoughts and conflicting roles to then come out on the other end stronger? It was a deep ingrained value at the start. The value of it, we said, everything we post, talk about, or the purpose of this is to help other people self-optimize their mindset and who they are. And so when we're arguing about, you know, what platform we're going to use, like who's going to do what, at the end of the day, we said, hey, it doesn't matter how we get this out. Like we need to get this out to help get value out for other people. And it was funny because when we're having these arguing conversations of, you know, some person wouldn't want to do this, this other person wanted to do this, but this person wanted to take over that role. We were like, hey, this is actually small talk in itself. We need to all let our egos down and, and, and not like say, oh, I'm, I'm the best person. I'm the big man over here. Like, no, we need to all take a step back, have an objective conversation, take all of our emotion out of it and be very analytical about it and understand at the end of the day, this whole thing of small talk, we have to embody it within ourselves. 
and take all judgments out and bring all of our encouragement and energy towards the greater mission, whether that's your mission with yourself or the people or your spouse that you're doing, you all need to stick to your why and your value. And that was one of the things that you guys told us at the start was so important. Get your concrete values in and anything else from there, as long as you stick on that middle path, you know, the weather can keep knocking you around, but you'll stay on path if, if you stick with it. And so it was in itself a process of having small talk with each other. Uh, like to over umbrella, no judgment, all encouragement towards the same mission, whether that's yourself or a goal. And that's perfect because the the real question isn't whether it's going to rain. It's going to rain at some point. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. going to matter is, do you guys have raincoats? That's really mm-hmm. what matters. And, <laughs> yeah. and in the world of business, is a raincoat is really your core values. When the going gets mm-hmm. tough do you all have the same core value to be like, you know what, we can argue and we can say things, but when the going gets tough, like we know what we're here for and why we're here and why we're doing this. And that's what really mm-hmm. keeps everyone on the same ship rowing in, in the same direction. So again, it's, it's Absolutely. really inspiring to see you guys fight through that because again, a lot of people just are not taught that. And for me mm-hmm. looking at other businesses and other startups and especially ones led by college students, it's extremely inspiring because I know how much you do have going on in your life outside of what you're trying to create. So the the fact that you guys are keeping it tied together is really cool, to be honest. Um, but thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. Let's shift a little bit here. I'd actually love to give the audience a little taste of what small talk is. So that way, the best way to kind of market mm-hmm. your product yep. is to show it off. So if mm-hmm. you were to build this platform and say we're, we're three, four, five years down the road, mm-hmm. what does it look like? And let's use me as a, as a case study. Like, so I don't know what that looks like because you guys are the ones mm-hmm. ideating on it, but I hop mm-hmm. on this platform and kind of like, what do I do? Absolutely, what's, yeah. the, what's the motive? What's the goal? So we'd first introduce you to your story and, you know, like a transitional point, like you started out with, with where you are. And we want to keep it very valued. And so we would just talk about your vulnerable struggles, but always ending on a note of growth. So at the start of it, it would kind of strip away all accolades and kind of get deep to just the human level of like, we'd ask very deep questions that are thought provoking of like, CJ, what, what's your relationship with your own thoughts every day that are flying through your brain and just be rough on that and let the conversation flow. And so if you want, you could answer that question. And I mean, let's just fire away. Let's have some small talk. Heck yeah. Okay. So re-ask that question so I can mm-hmm. kind of what, buy myself some time what, here. <laughs> <laughs> what is your relationship with your thought processes that funnel through your head every day? What is my relationship with my thought processes mm-hmm. that run and through my head a, every day? If you need an example, like before I was working on this stuff and I'm not saying I'm in a place that's of perfection, but I'm better. It was before I'd be irritated that I'm getting irritated at something because I knew I didn't want to be irritated and me it would self-perpetuate the issue. And so I had to step back and be like, let's not be irritated that you're being irritated. Let's just ask why you're being irritated, apply it, and then move on. And so kind of like that process of it. Oof, I love that. I think for me, my relationships with my thoughts have looked like this over the years of my life. When I was younger, I think I was actually really good at sports because my Mm -hmm. athletics stopped my thought process. My brain, mm-hmm. I've yeah. always been going a million miles a minute and sports gave me this one thing to focus on that I could get in flow state. So like when I was on the field, the court, wherever, I was just focused on one goal, win. And that mm-hmm. kept yep. me so dialed into what did I need to do to help the team or myself win? And mm-hmm. 
I think that's really why I enjoyed sports. And that's one mm -hmm. reason that I think I didn't really care to put in the time to go pro or seek anything like that because mm -hmm. it was really just a, an act of flow state for me. And it's mm -hmm. another reason why as an adult, like I think my sport has transitioned to entrepreneurship because mm -hmm. now what I've learned is I don't want to quiet my thoughts. Like okay, I, yeah. I used to be taught that because I was all over the place, that was a bad thing. Like, why can't you sit mm -hmm. here and focus on school, on your schoolwork? Why can't you focus and sit here and focus on this one class? That's mm -hmm. just not my strength. My strength is organized chaos. Work on four projects yep. at one time, mm -hmm. do 10 minutes of each, very hyper-focused on each, and then move mm -hmm. on to the next thing. That's how my brain works. That's why I didn't work in the corporate world. So my relationships with my thoughts have been, one, in the beginning of my life, avoid them, which was really mm -hmm. bad. It made me really good at sports because I could focus in on that. But then as soon as I became an adult and like sports weren't the world to me, it was like, I get into this corporate job. And at that point it was, wow, I felt alone. So then I was alone with my thoughts. And what that created was mm -hmm. drug abuse, alcohol abuse, things like that, partying too much. Um, mm -hmm. I never went too much over the deep end. And I grant that because I did have a good upbringing with my parents and a lot of my friends like we did party hard, but we also had good heads on our shoulders. We were striving for mm -hmm. something. But then what broke the camel's back was my illnesses. And what I started realizing was because I had such a bad relationship with my thoughts, it started making me sick. Everything in my mind was making me sick. So you mentioned kind of being anxious about being anxious. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for me, I would be anxious about being sick rather than being like, maybe I'm sick because I'm anxious. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So a good instance is I would drive to work, right? And one of the reasons I quit my job, and I'm about to get pretty graphic here, I would drive to work and a lot of times I would have to turn around because I had to take a shit. Because like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't control my bowels. Like, yeah, like uh -huh. with celiac disease and just not living a healthy lifestyle in my mind and in my body. Mm -hmm. I would be stressed out going to work and the fact that I had to drive in this commute and I'd be sitting there thinking in my head, man, I'm so stressed out. What if I have to go to the bathroom? What if like, and just running through this rat race of thoughts Yeah, yeah. rather than being like, maybe it's the thoughts that's causing me to have to take mm -hmm. this action. So now in life, the way that I kind of look at it is, okay, I was sick. I am sick. Well, not really. What strength does it give me? It's given me the ability to understand what life is all about. Now that I know what life is all about, if I have to pull over, who cares? Mm -hmm. I'll just tell yeah. someone about it. Hey, this is what happened. Yeah, I'm not real. feeling well. I'm like, I need to turn around. Rather, what I used to do is, again, toxicity with my thoughts. I would think I'm crazy for having these thoughts. Why am I so anxious? Why is this mm -hmm. happening? And then today, ultimately, again, just like you said, with yourself. I'm far from perfect. I'm working on it every day. But my thoughts are way more clear today where it's just like, if an anxious thought comes up, I acknowledge that it's anxious. I'm being anxious or vulnerable. And that could cause either two things. It could make me sick, which it used to, or I can lean into it and say, okay, why am I feeling anxious? Did I get enough sleep? Am I overstressed because I took on too many projects? Did I have yeah. an argument? with my wife, like what is causing this? Is it 
something that I caused that I could change? Or is this just a thought that I can't control where I can't control the first mm-hmm. thought that comes up in my head, but I can control how I respond to it. So if it's one of those where it's like, I never controlled this, it just came up. Okay. Let's go get in the sun. Okay. Let's go work out. Okay. Let's talk yeah. to Brandon mm-hmm. because when I talk to my friends, I feel better. If it's mm-hmm. on the other end of the spectrum where I could have controlled that caused anxiety, then I'm saying, okay, if I got in an argument, why did I get in an argument? If mm-hmm. I didn't get enough sleep, why did I not get enough sleep? And then just go down that rabbit hole and kind of solve the issue that way. So in the, that three-part thing, I hope that kind of answers mm-hmm. where I was yeah. at with all my thoughts. But to the audience here, just going through that, man, I feel a hell of a lot better. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for answering that too. That was really cool. And it's cool you said uh, your emotions and thoughts can manifest as diseases or eventually sometimes they will. That's a really cool like kind of meditation to go down and, and kind of think like, you know, are these just perpetuating the issue? You know, am I, am I causing myself to stress more because I'm stressing about something? And then it correlates to having like pimples on your skin or whatever it may be and kind of moving into a state of acceptance. I, re- I really like actually how you said this is I'm being stressed and you recognize that and you're okay with it because that is something too I've been like really dealing with with school started and stressing of I was I was getting annoyed that I was being stressed, I was getting more stressed because of it. And I kind of had this new perspective change of life is the most elaborate game we will ever play. It's not just happiness or sadness that we experience. There's sadness, but then there's like anxiety, there's pain, there's all these different avenues you can go through. But because there's so many negative avenues, that's what makes these great avenues feel so good. You can feel absolute bliss. Or like, I imagine when you stare in Aaron's eyes on a date night, like you feel a crazy emotion that is so out there that it's so cool to experience all these different ones that it just makes life that much more interesting. And when you can actually enjoy the negative ones and the positive ones, you can kind of a cheat code too. You can just fully enjoy life. And so moving to a state of acceptance with the negative and the good, I've been struggling with with school because it's bringing up a lot of emotions and it's just cool to hear that reminder of you saying just accept everything enjoy the experience that life is so i got a little bit of a wisdom nugget there from you thank you no thank you it wouldn't happen unless you created small talk so yeah acceptance is acceptance of self is something that we're not taught because mm-hmm. i mean we're put into a system where you're basically you're graded from the time mm-hmm. you're five, from the time you really can conceive what life is about, you have a grade attached to your head. Mm-hmm. Tell me how crazy that is. Like that's why I'm I'm super obsessed with the education system because I'm like, why are we telling six year olds whether they're passing or they're failing? Mm-hmm. Like how fucked up are we for doing that? Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's 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 measuring by a metric that is, I don't know if it's true. It's it's just very subjective. Very subjective. Yeah, it's extremely Mm -hmm. subjective like who Mm -hmm. who is this teacher who i don't trust her maybe she's a drug addict maybe she goes home and like i don't know what she does in her life because i look back and i'm just like one of the things i've thought about is you you look up to your teachers when you're young right you're just like oh Mm -hmm. the like when you're i would say like from age five to ten you're like looking up to your teachers right Mm -hmm. and then once you get older you start realizing well like that teacher's a drunk that teacher like has some really bad problems that teacher because we all do, right? I'm not, I'm People not harping on teachers here. We're all yeah, human, yeah, yeah. right? Um, we all, all have our human problems. But then when I think about like the subjectivity of like grades, if that teacher oh. has a bad day, right? And then she wants Grade to park. take that out, 
Well, you are literally hurting someone's entire life. It could be at that point. Mm -hmm. Because then that person judges themselves when they're young based on that little Mm -hmm. carrot, whether you gave or didn't give. And Mm -hmm. that trains them to either accept or not accept themselves. And it was something that I think, especially as males, um, where we're not allowed to talk about our feelings and like acceptance. uh And that's why I think males go in one of two directions. They either strive to get 100s and they're like cutthroat or they're just like, you know what? I didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Like how many times I used that excuse in my life where it was like, if I, it's like, I got a bad grade. Well, I didn't even try. Who cares? Yeah. That's because I didn't accept myself. Uh-huh. And I love this conversation too. Cause I, I'm in college right now in school and my school has a lot of G's that we go through and you spend a lot of time into like G's. Like I'm in Spanish and chemistry last semester and I was putting a lot of time into it. And I'm, I'm very curious and love how you are about education of why are G's about talking about how to process your emotions or personal microfinances or how to, you know, get out a loan to, to get a house or a car. I'm very fascinated by all that. And then what you said too is it's a good conversation is the metric that we are measured by that it eventually has a impact on our mindset of like, oh, I got to be on my chemistry test and all my friends got A's. Like uh, it, it messes with your self-worth as in opposed to switching up that conversation. Like, hey, you didn't do well here. Let's teach you it, but then not give you a grade as long as we're teaching you the process or the mindset of how to study or learn everything. We're just like, it's a metric that we serve that we would focus on is how to just get better and not put labels and identities of like putting people down through grades. Kind of, I'm, I'm going through a lot of, a lot of different conversations in my head as I'm going through this college process, because now I took three gap years uh, before college and I'm a 21 year old freshman. I'm 22 now as a sophomore. I'm thinking I'm a little bit older and stepping back and asking question, why am I doing the things I'm doing? I'm not just like following the line without questions. And School is a very interesting conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know how you are with college and everything. And there's a million ways to peel an orange. In this so life. yeah, man, there's, we can go in so many ways with this, but yeah. one, I applaud you and, and accept yourself for the path that you're going on because you're going to provide so much value to the other freshmen just because of your experiences. Mm-hmm. So you're going to help mm-hmm. so many people out there. And the reason I'm also saying that is because imagine if you went to school, like here's, here's the real world. And this is why there's such a disconnect between school and the real world because in the real world, if you get all these good grades and you hoard all your wealth, you're not going to be happy. And honestly, people think you're a dick, but in the real Mm -hmm. world, you don't need much money to help a lot of people. No, like, right. Just reaching out to somebody through text message. Hey, how was your day? Could make that person's Mm -hmm. day. Right. Why aren't in college, like you brought up like car loans and then like maybe how to get a mortgage, how to like just Mm -hmm. do these things. Right. But I think of like classes of like, literally how to be a good person. Yes, literally. Like literally a class. How, yeah. how, do you, how do you be a good person? Like what does a good person mm-hmm. do? Like what habits does a good person have? It has nothing to do with, oh, a good person wakes up at 8 a.m., chugs coffee, drives to work, sits there for 10 hours, tries to make mm-hmm. as much money as possible, and then buy the biggest house or the biggest, the best car or whatever. That's not we don't label that as a good person, right? If you ask any kid, they're not going to say that's what a good person is, right? But then we start yeah. getting into this habit of that's the metric we're holding each other to is I'm going to go to mm-hmm. school just to get my grades, just to then get that job. And we wonder why everyone's depressed and on pills later on in life is because they're not asking these these questions. Like, what does it take to be a good person? Zero dollars. Zero dollars, right? So mm-hmm. then the other thing I think about in school is we silo people off. The real world, just like you learned with small talk, is you have to work in a team, right? Mm-hmm. So rising yep. tides lift all ships. But when you're in college, 
you ain't working in groups. It's like you're flying mm-hmm. solo. So what mm-hmm. that creates is this, you're basically your mindset becomes what I do is life or death, like mm-hmm. every single day. So you're always yeah. in your mind of, did I study enough to get the grade or did I not study enough? And you're playing this constant game of mm-hmm. validation with yourself. Rather, mm-hmm. imagine if we graded you on how well your peer did. That's yeah, that real would be world. really cool. Like yeah. imagine if every class that you were in college with, your, your best friends, if they got bad grades, you got a bad grade. Mm-hmm. Great. That's fascinating, yeah. Unquote right? Yeah. How easy of a system would that be to change? Like mm-hmm. when I get on the education system, people are like, yeah, but it's tougher than that. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it'll be hard to change. Not really. The, the infrastructure is mm-hmm. already there. It's just the mm-hmm. modality in which we, we go about it has to change. The end goal, the end result can't be Brandon has a 3.0, Jane has a 2.7, John has a 4.0. Instead it has to go, okay, we have a whole engineering class. The goal of the entire engineering class is to from the, the 2025 engineering class of wherever your school is, the goal of the end result of this needs to be X. If we did that, then the whole class bands together and learns to work together. That's real life. That's community. a lot of values too, yeah. Right? And then you start exchanging knowledge. Hey, Brandon, where'd you grow up? What did mm-hmm. you go through? How, what, what skill can you bring to this little tribe? Yep. Right? It baffles me. I'm like, how did we get here? That's that's another question I always ask myself. Mm-hmm. Is like, how did we get to this point? Like in the first place, I'm so yeah. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> and it's it's cool, like because because in these conversations too, uh, I like to think umbrella and zoom out also. So a crazy Naval quote from a book. He's a, he's a wizard. It was it's like everyone focuses on putting out that fire, but does anyone ever step back and realize? We're, we're like not even focusing on the right fire. Like there's a bigger one right to the left, but you're trying to put out a bonfire here and like the whole town's on fire on the right side of you. And so what's really cool with that is to me is I think of when I'm like focusing on the small fire, like at the, at the bonfire pit, I'm focusing on like my G's and everything. I'm going to get it done because I have to put out that little fire. But what's the bigger picture of, I think it's the biggest question is self-discovery. And I think why people, the most beneficial thing why you go to college is you learn more about yourself and the experience than you do in the classroom. And if you thought of a school system, so this is interesting when I think of school, what if there was a school that asked you your, your absolute passions and it just, if you're in music, they just threw you in only music and you only focus on the rest of your life. Yes. You take your GEs of like mindfulness, happy health, relationships with people that you like financials. So you learn how to like stay alive on this earth pretty much get your basic needs, but you lean into your passion because that's how you would best contribute to society. Imagine if, the rock oprah uh, conor mcgregor uh, uh, gary v if they were told over and over and over and just slammed with ge's like no you're gonna fit in this box you're gonna be a sheep where would the world be in those kind of worlds that they influence you know it's only those people that step away from the norms lean into themselves and what they actually are and say screw everyone i'm gonna be so much the rock so much myself those people are the ones that we all applaud and we put on pedestals because they help innovate that section of humanity into a beautiful area because they weren't pushed down by all this like systemized stuff of like, you know, hammering you through with like loans and GEs and everything. I just think that's a very interesting thing. And so on my free time when I'm in school, I, I grind during schoolwork. I'm a software engineering degree. So like, so I have to just study and get that done with what I can with all these study groups. But 
my real learning, my real education is when I'm in my room reading about mindfulness or people like looking up your story, stalking your page or going out and even having conversations at parties or at lunch. Like to me, that is real world learning. I'm learning how to network, how to be happier within myself. Those things are actually going to help me excel in the game that is Brandon because everyone in their own life is the main character of their movie. You know, I have to deal with my plot line. You have to deal with your plot line at the end of this podcast. When you focus and lean in on that, get all the little things done, like school, whatever. But when you focus on that, like you actually, you reach the highest level, you unlock the best part of yourself. That is what you're meant to be. And I'm going to piggyback off that because you're so right. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to learn more from your roommates than you will from the actual classes. And the reason mm-hmm. I mean this is you have to learn to live with people. You have to learn people are very different from you, like in that closed space. Yeah. And uh-huh. one of the things that colleges really fuck up on is like at Rutgers, the engineering campus, all the engineers dorm together. Why isn't it that like if you have a, a quad, you don't have musicians with engineers, with with CEO, future CEOs, mm-hmm. with business owners, with culinary arts? Like, why isn't everybody mixed together? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it's all about money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So they structure it so that they just put you wherever is convenient to that to the school making money, rather than mm-hmm. like what would be best for these people. What would be best mm-hmm. for them and who they learn the most from is not even being in class, just like you said. Mm-hmm. what's better than being a musician going to take a finance class is being a, muni- uh, a musician who literally is roomed with a finance major because that yeah. finance major is going to become a financial advisor. And if you're a musician, mm-hmm. guess what? You're going to need yeah. a financial advisor, right? Yeah. So the connection is really what helps you in the long run. But mm-hmm. if we all just connect these people in their own little pods of people that they're already comfortable with, that doesn't help the world. Mm-hmm. Cause like when I think about, the reasoning that I even built Thrive was to connect with such a diversity of people. And mm-hmm. most people think like, I have the slogan, help mission-based people, brands, and business thrive, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is I grew up in a diverse atmosphere. And as I moved around, I missed the diverse atmosphere. I missed like mm-hmm. at college, Absolutely. I could be in my fraternity one day. I could play sports the other day. I could be in engineering with those guys yeah. and girls one day. It, it was so diverse to me because I chose to, but then you get into yeah. the real world, the corporate world, it's like, man, I only have like two hours in the day to myself if I'm not working. Mm-hmm. So I built something like Thrive so that I could just interact with a diverse group of people because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, learning wasn't predicated on the school or the certificate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was predicated on having conversations with people like Brandon Bergato. Absolutely. Every mm-hmm. single day. And that's something that mm-hmm. you've unlocked with small talk. So a mm-hmm. piece of advice for you is don't judge yourself on the stress of this, the school, right? Mm-hmm. Judge yourself on, are you putting in the effort to actually learn in the class? Because mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily agree with that class, like chemistry or whatever the heck you're taking, mm-hmm. challenge yourself to actually learn something from it. And if you mm-hmm. can like go to bed and say, you know what, I challenged myself to learn something. This is what I learned to apply to small talk or to my friend group mm-hmm. or to whatever. Okay, I give myself an A. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have yeah. done that, right? Uh-huh. And you're already doing it because I'll tell mm-hmm. you this right now, small talk is going to impact your life and more people's lives more than your degree ever will because no mm-hmm. one's ever going to ask you what degree did you get. I've never right. had a single Here. person ask me, not a single one. Mm-hmm. Hey, what was your GPA? Not one time outside mm-hmm. of my first job. So, but they all ask like, what do you do in your free time? Like, 
they'll all look you up on social. They'll all look you up on LinkedIn. They'll look you up in all these mm -hmm. other areas and you're, you're, you're getting A's across the board in those. So whenever you mm -hmm. feel yourself stressed out in school, ask yourself, are you challenging yourself to learn? If you're challenging yourself to learn, you got that. A man. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. continuous learning. Thank you. Appreciate that. And, and that was a very cool point that you brought up too, of, of like the socials you're going to A and that. And this is eventually why we met each other hitting social media so hard. I think social media is an absolute beautiful, crazy thing in this world, because if your online's represent who you are and I scroll on CJ's account and within five minutes, I know who you are. You essentially have created an online you that networks while you sleep. And this, the saying I hear all, so much ever since I quit hockey was it's not what you know, it's who you know in this world. And I'm seeing that come out as in the networking, leaning into the people, like giving genuine eye contact relationships, listening, asking about their passions, the things that they're struggling with or their family, anything. When you have these connections with people, that goes way deeper and you never know, like you just, you sold on relationship and relationship stays when you want to stay a byproduct of everything. They're now selling on the material side of their business, you know, like what they're consulting, that's going to be an absolute yes. As long as you've sold your relationship with each other. And so investing in the people and the relationships, especially starting with your social media and leveraging that to reach out and meet all these people while you're sleeping and then reaching out over zoom. It's been a very cool thing being in this new age and then being in college and taking this and obviously eventually meeting you thanks to Jake Allen because he was at school out here and we did this whole thing through social media. And so it is a, it's a cool, beautiful world. And I like how you hit on that talking about just emphasizing networking and building genuine, good relationships. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head with genuine, good relationships and that your network is your net worth. And really mm -hmm. it's like, it's not necessarily even who, you know, it's how well you know them. And yes. if yeah. you can create a platform where people can know you very well without ever having to even pick up the phone, like to mm -hmm. call you or to talk to you, if they can know you very well, you're going to build trusting relationships and ultimately your mm -hmm. life, it's going to be better. And it, it's a double-edged sword because what most people think is you just get there overnight and then they get basically, mm -hmm. they basically give up. But what I, what I would mm -hmm. say is the way that you build better relationships is you say, okay, well, what makes me feel good in relationships being heard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, these certain things that I've written down is like, I like seeing people's faces. I like hearing their voices. So you've, you've seen me do this. Yeah. I send video messages. I send yeah, audio messages huge. and it all stemmed from, I'm like, I miss Brandon's face. Like I want to see yeah. your face. So what is probably going to get him to see for him to show his face or me hear his voice? I'm going to have to show mine. And that's where mm -hmm. most people don't think like that. They're not thinking like, how do I be valuable to this relationship? And it doesn't have to be, they think like it's money. They think it's like, I have to do these extreme things. Like, no, it's very little subtle things. And going back to school, it's just like, why isn't that a school? Like that, why isn't that not in school? Right yeah, now? How, how to zoom, how to build relationships in the digital world. That should be a class everyone takes because that's be the future we're yeah. going to. Right. Mm -hmm. But instead we're talking about manufacturing in 1980. Like that's what, that's what I did at engineering. But unfortunately- yeah. We're getting close to having the wrap up here. I could literally talk to you all day. Mm -hmm. We could have some small talk all day. Damn, yeah. Um, but I want to give you the opportunity to reach out to somebody out there that's potentially in the audience that could connect with you and you both could potentially build a relationship that could be mutually beneficial. So mm -hmm. when it comes to small talk and when it comes to Brandon Bergato, who are you looking to connect with right now? What type of vibe do they have? What questions are they asking themselves? Mm -hmm. What's going on in their world? So that if they hear this, they're like, man, I need to reach out to Brandon. 
Mm-hmm. Someone who is just into building a happy home within their head. I think one of the biggest things is I'm still new in this life after quitting hockey. I'm two years out, just figuring out how to constantly stay in a state of optimism and making the best out of your scenario. So anyone who is really into mindfulness, even yoga, social media space, you know, with uh, marketing and anything, let's connect and reach out and just talk about everything human level. And I think CJ will link my socials in the bio. Uh, but yeah, but on Instagram, I communicate mainly through there. My at name is Brandenburg, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-B-E-R-G with an underscore at the end. And feel free to follow and reach out and you should get on a call. And I'm always here for anyone. I'm here to meet anyone and listen to new stories, have some small talk. Hell yeah. I, I, I love that. And definitely reach out to Brandon. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, watching you not only grow yourself, but small talk and the team and everything you're working on and just keep going at it, man. Like stay consistent. And I'm just super inspired right now. I'm going to go crush my workout um, after this. I'm I'm very happy that we got the chance to talk. Um, And I'm looking forward to potentially getting out there in San Diego and linking up and having you back here potentially in Austin at some point um, to come through the Thrive HQ. But the last question I always have for everybody is what does thriving mean to you? Interpreting every event in your life as an enjoyable one or growth-oriented one. Derived off a quote from Naval Ravikant, an amazing man, but thriving is always being happy, finding the fulfillment and the smiles and even the worst parts because they lead to growth and then especially the good parts of your life. So always being in a state of thriving. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> I love that. It's it's definitely a choice. It's uh, You live and you learn. And mm-hmm. it's one of the things that I think that I try to embody I'm not always a hundred percent, but I'm always thriving. That's kind of how I look at it. It's like a weird, Mm -hmm. a weird thing. And that goes hand in hand with my biggest takeaway from this conversation is when you talked about acceptance and you, and you brought that up and Mm -hmm. whoever's listening to this right now, there's something that I want to challenge you with. It's accept your life up until this point. There's nothing you can do about it. There's a lot of people in my life right now, whether I'm talking business or friends and family. And one of the common themes seems to be they're unhappy with the position that they are in in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're very in the past and in the future, thinking about what they messed up on in their past. And they're thinking about the future that they want. And one thing that I always try to kind of ground them with is you only have these 24 hours right now to actually make an impact on everything else, man, you Mm got to forget it's a beautiful thing. And this is coming right from you. You should be happy for the fact that you can have memories. Imagine a life where you just woke up and you had no memories, good or bad. That's not really a life, right? Imagine a life that you couldn't dream. You couldn't think of the future. So you need to be happy with where you're at right now, no matter what happened up to this point, because it is a blessing to be able to be able to even think like that. And that is a small talk conversation I want to have with yeah. Brandon Vergato yeah. at another point in time. Thank you so much, man, for hopping on here on the Thrive on Life podcast. Can't wait to chat with you again. Until next time, everybody, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. 
So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.